Hello, it's Caroline, and I'm here to tell you that the episode you're about to listen to was recorded a long time ago, back when I used Patreon, back when I ran lots of different workshops and programs that I do not run anymore, and back before the Fuck It Diet book. So if I refer to any of these obsolete offerings while you're listening, just know that even though my Patreon and other programs don't exist anymore, you can find helpful resources by going to thefuckadiet.com slash more. You can also read the beginning of the Fuck It Diet book for free from my site. Lastly, this podcast is extremely messy. And it was actually intentionally messy and unstructured because that was the only way I could inspire myself to start and continue this podcast. I needed the lowest stakes possible. And though this podcast remains very low budget and has remained messy throughout the years until now, if you want slightly more structured and streamlined episodes, listen to the more recent episodes. All right, enjoy. Welcome to the Fuck It Diet Radio. Ha, my name is Caroline Dooner. I am the creator of the Fuck It Diet and the host of the Fuck It Diet Radio. And today we are gathered here together to talk about your relationship with food. And by extension, your relationship with your body. Fun stuff. So today I'm going to be doing what I've been doing recently, which is reading a new blog post and then following up with some podcast insider questions. If you want to ask questions for me to answer on future podcast episodes just like this, you can head over to patreon.com slash Caroline Dooner. That's my name. And for as little as $1 a month, you can ask questions for this podcast and connect with other people who are doing the same thing. You can also um, sign up for some rewards at $5 or $10 like secret posts and monthly energy work. Also guys, as you can tell, there is a new song that is less cutesy ukulele and more mm, ever, ever so slightly like angrier. Okay, guys, I have amazing news. The Fuck It Diet book is going to be coming out as of now, January 2019. I know that sounds far away, but it is the soonest that can possibly happen um, when it's kind of on the big scale with a major publishing company. And it is going to be a HarperCollins book. And uh, it's specifically with Harper Wave, which is an imprint of HarperCollins. I didn't know how publishing houses worked, but I've learned that big publishing companies have smaller imprints that focus on specific genres. So the imprint that I am going to be working with is Harper Wave, and their tagline is unexpected perspectives on mind, body, and soul, which is exactly what the fuck a diet is. And yes, of course, they have some diet books in their canon, but every publishing company does. So all I know is that meeting with them was the best meeting that I had. They were the most excited about the content, about the message, about what it means culturally, about how important it was for 
women and men to hear the message and I'm so freaking excited. I'm really, really excited. I'm so excited about their enthusiasm. I'm just really happy. So as, as I know more, when I know about pre-orders and stuff, I will definitely be letting you know. Thank you so much for you know, all of your support because without the listeners and without the readers and without the feedback and, you know, the positive stories of people who have just loved the fuck it diet and felt that it really, really helped them, I wouldn't have been able to get this book deal and get this book out to you. I also, it's a really long book. It's really, really long. It takes you through every single aspect of this journey and every single kind of question and resistance that that I found comes up with people who are going on this journey, both from my personal experience and from working with people over the past six years. So it's going to be pretty extensive. The book is already written and the next couple months, I'm just going to be honing it with my editor and then off to the races. So I'm very, very, very excited about that. Let's get into our first section, which is a post. How often do you think I shouldn't be this hungry? Well, judging your appetite with common fears and thoughts and shoulds like I shouldn't be this hungry is one of the things that will keep you very stuck for a very long time. It's common, which is why I'm writing about it, but this fear of our appetites and this belief that we shouldn't be as hungry as we are is something that is going to get in our way. We've been taught that we should fear our appetite. And what I would like to teach you is the opposite, that you can actually trust your appetite and that trusting your appetite, feeding your appetite, allowing yourself to be as hungry as you are and eat as much as you're hungry for without freaking out and judging it and assuming that something is terribly wrong is the way to heal. We are trying to heal the body and mind of all restriction, not just physical under eating, but the guilt and overthinking that comes along with restriction too, mental restriction. If you feel guilt over your eating, you are experiencing mental restriction and you know, don't beat yourself up for this. You're not alone. Most people do, especially because of all of the lingering fear and beliefs and all, you know, all the stuff that comes with coming from a diet mentality into a non-diet mentality. It's very, very common to make major improvements with actual physical restriction and finally be eating what you're hungry for but still be completely plagued by mental restriction and guilt and fear and mistrust of your appetite. This is the kind of guilt that makes you feel like you should or shouldn't be eating a certain way. Guilt and overthinking about food actually affects the body. It affects the metabolism and hormones, stress and appetite. It will keep you stuck in the yo-yo just like physical restriction. And this is because the body and mind are very, very connected. And these, these thoughts of guilt that quickly go into maybe I should be eating less actually jog the body's belief that maybe there's a famine coming up. It's, it's very intricate and, intricate, intricate and um, 
and seems like, you know, we should be able to override the body in this way, but we can't. The body is very, very intelligent and is so wired for survival against famine and restriction that it's going to actually keep the body in a hungrier state if it believes that there's any restriction coming up and the guilt over eating has been famously connected to restriction in the past, that this is actually going to happen automatically. Mental restriction will also take the form of anxiety, panic, and can- can- God, Caroline, constant cycling thoughts about what you should or shouldn't be doing or what should or shouldn't be happening with appetite and also with other things too, but specifically in this instance with appetite, body, weight, hunger. Without mental restriction, this whole thing would actually be pretty easy. The body would fix itself in a few months, like it always did in the past when people went through famines and then were able to heal from famines. Eating would normalize within a couple months of eating a lot of food and refeeding the body. But thanks to our brain and to our culture, honestly, our brains freaking get in the way. Mental restriction often sounds something like this. I shouldn't be this hungry. Maybe I'll just do this for another week and then I'll go on another diet if I keep eating this much or being this hungry. Okay, I'm allowed to eat whatever I want, but if it doesn't prove to me that it's working soon, I'm quitting. Okay, I can eat this brownie, but I'd better only eat half. I shouldn't be craving this much. I shouldn't be craving so much. I shouldn't be craving these foods. I'll eat this piece of pizza and then I'll have a salad later. Oh, I shouldn't be eating all this bread. I'm ruining everything. This can't possibly be intuitive. If I were really being intuitive, I'd be eating less by now. Or if I were really being intuitive, I'd be craving vegetables. Mental restriction is constant bargaining, judging, guilt, and is normally run by old diet rules and subconscious beliefs about body, about appetite, about what's healthy and not healthy. And a lot of this mental restriction is so habitual and it feels so normal that we barely notice it's happening. What we notice more is just general anxiety and mistrust of the process. It also doesn't help that everywhere you look and every person you talk to and every magazine you've ever read seems to confirm or add to and applaud your responsible mental restriction. Our collective and cultural disordered eating just makes it harder to identify that the way we are thinking about food and weight is really weird and messed up. Most of us have always believed that this constant judgment and worry about food was responsible, but I am here to tell you, it's not. It is actually the reason that you may still be binging and the reason why your relationship with food became so dysfunctional in the first place. Without mental restriction, binging would just be eating a lot and it would do exactly what it was supposed to do, refeed the body. Once we start judging the food we're eating and subconsciously deciding that there will be a diet famine the next day, that's when it spirals out of control. So, dear reader, dear listener, if you are binging, but you haven't been restricting physically, Be really honest with yourself about that. The cause is mental restriction. And sometimes mental restriction can also be physical restriction because we have beliefs about what is enough. Do you know what I mean? But if you're binging and haven't been restricting physically, 
The cause is mental restriction. And the answer is awareness of the beliefs that are perpetuating your anxiety around food and body. I also should say that if you want to go deeper with me and lots of other people who are really doing this thing, yes, you can go over to patreon.com slash Duner to ask questions for this podcast, but I also have a self-study course called The Rebel's Survival Kit that goes through the physical part, the emotional part, how to start feeling, and the mental part, this mental restriction and limiting belief part, and introduces the energy work that I do with people so you can actually take control of this and have really solid tools, tools that are also in the book, um, but you can't get the book yet, sorry guys, um, to help you actually move past the anxiety and kind of the thought loops and the trauma panic loops that happen in the body. That's over at thefuckadiet.com slash fucketeer. <sighs> okay. Thanks, guys. That was actually a really long post. That was kind of exhausting to read. Weird. Let's move on to Q&A. So I'm going over to patreon.com slash Duner. That's what you can do, too. But I'm going to go to the community tab where people who have signed up are asking questions. Okay. All right, so the first question that I'm going to answer is from Sarah, and she said, Hi, Caroline. I've weight restored from anorexia for over a year now, and I've broken down so many food rules, which is great. I think that means you've break, broken them down and they haven't broken you down. That's what I'm going to assume. However, I'm scared that I didn't properly eat enough during my recovery because I still actively restrict sometimes. I won't post calorie amounts, but the amount I eat most days is, is actually closer to people who are on a diet than normal eating. I feel like maybe I should get back back down and recover properly because now I feel stuck. I think about food a lot and still use some ED behaviors. I feel like I'm stuck in this quasi-recovery and I'm sick of it. Do you have any advice? Um, yes. I think you're very right. I think you're spot on with what's happening with you. Most people, most people who recover, quote unquote, from eating disorders are really only in quasi recovery because they're on some sort of meal plan for the rest of their life. They're still sort of engaging in diet culture because that's what they believe they should do. That is what the world is so disordered with eating that that they can kind of convince themselves that this is normal and that this is recovery. So yes, it sounds like right now you did a great job kind of getting out of super, super, super restrictive anorexic. You gained some weight. So weight restored is like a term that that is like, what does that even mean? Like what does, you know what I mean? Like people... So sometimes people think, ah, I gained the perfect amount of weight. I'm right what quote unquote healthy should be, which is really arbitrary and kind of destructive in a way. But that's what people, you know, that's the eating disorder recovery way of talking about it. So now it's time for you to go on the fuck it diet. Now you're kind of at a place that um, yo-yo dieters are. And now you can do all of the things that I recommend like listening to your appetite and eating way more than diet amounts. 
Oh, the other thing that quote unquote weight restored implies is that there is like one healthy weight for every single person and that, you know, it ignores the fact that you can have anorexia and be in the overweight or obese BMI range. Of course, there's issues with BMI, but just to give an example. So it's a super flawed system. And so, yes, it's definitely quasi-recovery and you are... You've done amazing work. I'm I'm really impressed. It's really hard to get to where you've gotten to, but there is more to do. And it's um it's all going to be worth it. So, I hope that that's helpful. I hope that that told you what you needed to hear. And ooh, it's 11:11. That's a good sign for you. <sighs> okay. So, next question is from Lee. And she said, hi, Caroline. Thanks for all your wonderful work. You're welcome. I'm so appreciative. You're welcome. Um, Thank you. I have a question regarding marketing. This is interesting. So I'm a yoga teacher and I have been, I have been for about 3.5 years. I teach gentle yoga classes and yoga nidra, a girl after my own fucking heart. And you work with Lyme disease patients. It's like me. Um, I'm currently studying to be a yoga therapist. This is so cool. Okay, I've always wanted to pair my yoga therapy work with something else to offer. At first, it was nutrition coaching, but the more I think about it, the more I realize that words alone to some people from a certified nutrition something can be quite triggering and even cause some underlying food phobias and diet culture crap to the surface. I don't want to do that because those types of people are the exact ones that spurred me into slight orthorexia for a few years until I realized what had happened. I've since nixed nixed that idea and have moved on to be a personal trainer now again now again that could be triggering however i feel it is safer than being a nutritionist for me exercise is a time when i can spend quality time with me myself and i setting little personal goals and building confidence i don't go to the gym or play sports to lose weight i do it because it makes me feel wonderful mentally and i feel more focused as a yoga teacher and able to help people if i've worked out if I've worked on myself first and released some stress. Sorry, this is a long one, but I'm getting to the question. So if I were to become a personal trainer and pair it with the more spiritual relaxation and character building aspects of yoga, how would I advertise my personal training business as weight friendly and such? How could I put it across to people without having a paragraph on my business card that I'm a trainer that helps people with confidence goal setting and things like that rather than bikini body goals get the perfect body you've always wanted bullshit I want to work oh sorry I want people to work out for the same reasons I do not for body image while yes that is a nice side effect muscles are great and all and it means I can carry big plates of food to eat that's great but not the most important thing also if someone did contact me and specifically said they'd like to lose weight or something of that nature how would I go about dealing with them I definitely wouldn't want to lose clients over that but if their goals don't line up with what I have to offer I guess it's not a good fit sorry Oh, you said sorry to me. Sorry, this is so long. I'm done. Hopefully you can sort through my ramblings. And if you'd ever like to talk about yoga, let me know. Thank you. So first of all, I am training to be a yoga teacher myself and I want to offer yoga nidra and all of the um, very, uh, you know, restorative, meditative, lie down, energy work aspects of yoga. That is what I'm so into. I also have... eh, it's hard to really say it's kind of like a weird energetic thing and 
but I have Lyme disease, sort of, which is like really interesting and definitely going to become a part of how I talk about my work in the future. I'm in the middle of the process right now. Anyway, so we have a lot of overlap here. I also have done similar things. I've been like, oh, I talk about our relationship to food. Should I become a nutritionist? So people trust me. There are people who do similar things to me. Um, but our nutritionists, for instance, Christy Harrison, who is the food psych pod, who I absolutely love. Laura Thomas, who's in the UK, who's a PhD and a nutritionist, and she is all body positive, has her own podcast called Don't Don't Salt My Game. If you guys don't listen to them, they're amazing. They're really wonderful. They have different styles, you know, their own, everyone does. Um, but I was like, maybe I should become a nutritionist just so I can like, you know, people, people are anxious about that. But at the same time, I don't talk about, I don't want to be a nutritionist. I don't want to talk about food more than I have to. Um, And so I've kind of fought myself on that. And what I found is that I've really gone down the energy work, yoga, embodiment, feeling emotions, the mental and emotional and spiritual side of this, which yes, of course I could be a nutritionist and also do that, but it's really, really hard for me to do things that I don't care about. So going to school for nutrition would be so miserable, really, truly miserable to me. Um, So anyway, I understand. But to talk about marketing, well, this is as if I'm a marketing genius, which I am not, but I sort of am. (laughs) I am for my own stuff because I know exactly what I'm offering and what exactly I believe and exactly what um, I want to convey. So this is the kind of thing where like, people like my website so they ask me if I can make their web- website and I'm like no I don't like it's again it's hard for me to do things that I don't like know deep in my soul what the answer is however I can still give you advice with the disclaimer that I'm not necessarily a marketing expert um I think yeah this is hard because you're in the you're you're very much in the business very similar to nutritionists actually you're in the business of people wanting to lose weight will come to you essentially so in a way um, also Isabel Fox and Duke who I love she is a health coach sort of turned just you know heal your eating with body image kind of stuff and she said to me which is really fascinating a couple years ago she was like yeah I'm a total fat activist I'm body positive but I sort of trick people into working with me <laughs> by not leading with that part because that scares people away but then once they're working with me I convey to them how important it is to change your relationship to your body so you could go that route you could say you know I am a I'm a personal trainer and um, yoga therapist who focuses on making peace with your body and becoming strong and embodied and I don't know find a way to kind of work in the to have a better relationship with your body it's hard it's hard because you're kind of talking your your base you know your audience is going to be um is going to be mostly looking for 
what people looking for personal trainers normally think at least that they want to lose weight so having some sort of honest thing about like I work with people who want to change their relationship with food I work with people who want to change their relationship with their body I come from a body love perspective I help people um, really you know appreciate the bodies they have um, with personal training strength and yoga therapy. Um, I don't know. You know, I think just like I have, you're going to have to kind of try things out and figure it out. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what else you said. I just like, I so understand what you're saying and I, and I respect you so much. I think it's amazing what you're doing and, and, and your clients, whether they know it or not, are going to be so lucky to work with you. So I think, you know, I do think that you can work with clients who, I think you can take on clients who want to lose weight and then really kindly and softly give your perspective. You know, if you have a website, you can have like, you know, blog posts and materials that that kind of illustrate maybe your experience with disordered eating and your relationship to weight and strength and health at every size and metabolism or whatever um, to kind of softly educate them and then if they're not your ideal client maybe they'll stop coming to you but it's okay because you still were really authentic in what you think was going to help them the most um, from your perspective and so there is like I think that there's a healthy medium ground of being willing to take on clients who resonate with the way that you're portraying yourself um, and and even if, you know, they are, are weight focused at the time and softly give them your spiel on it as you work together. And then I, I really do trust that, you know, the clients that do really resonate with you will talk to their friends and um, give you great testimonials and that it'll, it'll naturally grow. Um, and I'm just so happy that you are doing the work that you're doing because it's so important it's so 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 important you can also I I don't I assume that you're going to be doing sort of in-person stuff but um definitely do all the online marketing stuff you know have an Instagram have a website use the hashtags that are body positive and health at every size um and you can probably still find people in your area through that so that is my my answer. I hope that that's helpful. And moving on. Okay, the next question is from Ellie. She said, Hi, Caroline. All right, so I am about two weeks into my decision to end my eating disorder and overcome disordered restrictive eating habits. I am going strong and feeling very motivated to keep going, thanks to you and others who promote similar messages, but My eating disorder was quite restrictive for a long time, three years now, and now thinking back, there were disordered behaviors and restrictive patterns as far as 10 years ago. Because this is all so new and at times frightening and overwhelming, I really, really, really need a sort of guide or starting point that will aid in transforming everything I thought I knew about diet, health, body, image, weight, food, etc. I have, of course, been listening to your podcast and I understand the concept of ridding myself of all restriction, as a starting point. 
I find myself questioning and fretting over everything. Is there an initial book, workbook, source where I can get all basic level one information and assistance on starting over and ridding myself of restriction? I want so badly to have normalized eating patterns, but it seems so far off, like out of reach, what to do. Okay, well, I wish it was January 2019 because obviously I'd tell you to buy my book, The Fuck a Diet. However, it's not. So keep reading as much as you can. Read my website. Read Isabel Fox and Duke's site. Go to the e, hmm, ED Institute. Wait, what's it called? EDinstitute.com, which is like the fuck a diet for restrictive eating disorders. Because my disclaimer, of course, again, Ellie is. I don't know how restrictive you are. I don't know how much of sort of anorexia you've experienced. And so it really is important to get help, really get a therapist who is well-versed in anorexia to actually get the in-person support that you need to kind of just like this other question that I answered to get to that place where you're ready to go on the fuck a diet I'm really not sure you know you can you can be the judge of whether you can do this on your own because you know for me I was like whoa I've had an eating disorder disordered eating for 10 years but it was never it was the yo-yo dieting right which is disordered but I was not in a place where I needed you know to be hospitalized or have like really intense intervention and I just want you to be really honest with yourself if that's what you need because that is not what the fuck it diet deals with the fuck it diet is the next step it's for the chronic dieter and the person who's already quote-unquote recovered from the very restrictive eating disorder so of course um i recommend that you get the help that you need if you need it but all of this reading material can be amazing supplements so the edinstitute.org gives a lot of science and explanation for why people need so much food to recover from very restrictive eating disorders. Read my entire site. There's a lot. There's a lot. The intuitive eating book is amazing and there's a workbook and everything. Um, People really easily make that into a diet. So buyer beware, be very, very careful. Make sure that you listen to all the people Christy Harrison, me, um, Laura Thomas, Isabel Fox and Duke has amazing articles. But if you are not ready to do this on your own, please, please, please get the help that you need and deserve. Um, I like to call all the online stuff supplements and make sure that you really do have the in-person help that you need. I hope that that's helpful. And I hope that the resources I gave are helpful too. Okay, Kenzie asked, so I recently naturally released some weight, I'm guessing from just being more physically active. active. And I've noticed since that has happened, the mental thoughts around food have come back. It's been a lot of instant food thoughts when I wake up and thinking about food much more again throughout the day. A couple of weeks ago, I wasn't really thinking too much about it all, which felt so relieving, like I had so much more space and peace around this. I'm wondering if this is a natural chemical response because I'm not letting myself go hungry in any sense. I'm eating when I want and getting a good amount of food, but I've noticed another layer of fear coming up around insati- insatiability 
And where is the line for having enough, which used to be a big thing for me. This also brings up some fear of naturally liking the way my body is looking as I'm releasing weight, which I've been really aware of and doing my best to just acknowledge without forming attachment. In the very early, sorry, I just sniffed like in a really dramatic way. In the very early, in the early stages of my recovery process, it wasn't very much a resting time versus now, wait, this is confusing to me. In the early stages of, of my recovery process, it was very much a resting time versus now I have much more physical energy, which feels great. I've been keeping the focus on building my strength, which has been a wonderful shift from weight loss, which my focus was in the past. I went a bit all over the place, but would love to hear your thoughts on this. It feels like another layer of the recovery process for me. Thank you. Um, yes, that's exactly what it sounds like to me too. I think that it's mostly, unless, unless you really are not eating enough right now, which it doesn't sound like it is, but be really honest with yourself if that's maybe what it is, if you, if you're distracted, um, and not eating enough and your body is sort of like forcing you to focus on food. I honestly think that it is, um, it's sort of like PTSD. It's sort of like, uh, when you lost weight in the past, there was a lot of fear around messing it up. How can you keep this up? It's sort of triggering mental restriction because of the, kind of the the pattern and the memory of what it was like when you lost weight before and you're being really you're wanting to be really aware of it which is really important and really great and will help you kind of release this pattern but I definitely recommend you do I don't know if you're in uh, Fucketeer Academy the Rebel Survival Guide I I recommend that you do the work on all the limiting beliefs that it's bringing up and do some energy work on really feeling that panic and allowing more space in your body to to not kind of be ruled by those memories and that sort of like diet trauma which is definitely a thing I know that sounds absurd but it it's real it's really like the body is traumatized by the, all of the things that it's experienced all the fear we have I, you know, I experienced and many people talk about this, that when they lose weight on a diet, instead of being happy, it's almost like there's happiness, like this elation, but it's more this panic of, oh my gosh, how can I keep this up? How can I lose more weight? How can I um, make this my, the rest of my life or keep this the rest of my life? And there's this panic and that's mental restriction and it triggers the body and it's stressful. So I really would look at that piece. And I know that you already are, but I would really lean into that. Um, you also might just be hungrier right now if you're being more active. And the fact that you're sort of um, thinking that something is wrong is part of the mental restriction too. So just more honesty with yourself. Trust that this is all part of the process. It is another layer of the process and it's all going to be fine. It's all going to be good, but your willingness to be aware and do the work is, is all you need. So you can let me know whether that resonates with you. And I'm going to move on to the next question. So Sarah asks, and her last, well, I'm not going to say her last name. Okay. Um, Sarah asks, 
hello again. I was wondering how long you gained weight in the fuck it diet and when it started to even out and redistribute. I'm not going to answer that question because it's triggering to people who don't have the same experience because everybody has a different experience. Some people gain weight and they stay there because that's really where their weight set point is. Some people gain weight and they lose it naturally when their body is calmer. Um, some people don't gain any weight at all, but they're very, very rare. And I wouldn't expect to be that person. I think that this process takes many layers. And I would say that, that you can expect a lot of healing in the metabolism and, and sort of like appetite area from like six months to a year to a little longer. Um, I think that's approximately a good amount of time to expect a big shift in your physical relationship to food, your appetite and metabolism, if you are actually doing it and not just kind of toying with it and flirting with it. But I cannot promise anything because everybody is different. Everybody needs a different amount of time, amount of weight, And not everybody loses weight in the end. And so I just have to be really consistent with that answer because that is the truth. Did you ask me? Oh, I guess you kind of got around this by asking me. So yeah, for me, it was like six months to a year. And I wasn't weighing myself. I just bought bigger clothes. I really was trying not to pay attention. It's hard not to notice in your clothes, especially in my bras because I... Uh, gain weight in my chest so dramatically and lose weight there so dramatically so but I just like committed to buying bigger clothes and that's something that I really 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 recommend that people do too I hope that that's helpful I really try to be um clear that everybody is different Lee also posted this picture of a burrito (laughs) And said, ironically, this was seen in a vegan cookbook. And it says, beach bodies are overrated. Embrace your burrito body. That is beautiful. That is truly beautiful. I I think that lots of disordered eat- eaters become vegan because it's like a stepping stone. They're able to pretend that they're really allowing food and trusting food. But there's still this like control. I know that that's not true across the board. I know that there are some people who are vegan for quote unquote the right reasons and have a really healthy relationship with nourishment, etc. But um, it's exciting to see that in a vegan cookbook. And the very last question is Leslie Smith. I shouldn't say full. That's not her last name, but um, that's her middle name said asked hi carolyn i'm wondering when you will run the become your own damn guru program again i'd love to sign up ah that is amazing to hear um i just ran it so it's not going to happen again maybe for six months to a year (laughs) that's the exact same time i gave for the weight thing but i really don't know i really don't know um I'm trying to figure out whether the next big program that I'm going to run is going to be that or it's going to be some version of my book before the book comes out. So I'm sorry that I don't have an answer for you. I just ran it and so it's not going to happen immediately. I plan to sort of run the program one time a year. So my guess is not till next year, but that might not be true. It might run in the fall again. It might. 
So I'm sorry that I don't have an answer for you. This book thing has also changed things because I, I really need to be like pushing the book and the pre-orders when that happens and that has to be a focus. So I need to make sure. I just don't know. I'm so sorry. But I promise if you're on my email list, um, you will find out. So if you're not, if you don't get my emails, sign up over, over there specifically specifically at the fuckadiet.com slash intuition where I have the lazy the intuition for lazy people course where I definitely like I definitely kind of remind those people about the intuition intensive because you know they are a little bit more interested in intuition okay that's it if you guys want to ask questions for this podcast you can at the Oh, no, not the fuckadiet.com. Patreon.com slash Caroline Duner for as little as $1 a month. If you want to get my secret posts, that's $5 a month. Monthly energy work is $10 a month. Those amounts might change, especially depending on demand as we grow here. But for now, that's what it is. And it's it's a good time. Another way to support this podcast for free is to go over to iTunes, look up the F. It Diet Radio, F as in fuck, just the letter. Or you can search Caroline Duner and go leave a five-star review for this podcast. It really does help the algorithm. It helps other people to find it, helps other people to find this message. And I will be forever grateful. What else? What else do I want to say? I don't even know. I think that this is a good, solid podcast link and I'm going to leave you for now I look forward to talking to you again thank you for listening until next time 